episode 68 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. It's a very special episode tonight. As this is episode 68, and uh, the number 68 holds a very special place in our heart here in the league from the Ville. One of our good friends, fellow league mate, and uh, brothers in arms, Russ Phillips, lives and dies by this number. So I think it's only um, pertinent that we only talk about starting left tackles for the Cleveland Browns since 2007. <laughs> Travis Prentice up the middle. Um, the, the trials and tribulations of the Charlie Fry to Braylon Edwards connection back in 2005. Another uh, vague, various Cleveland Browns stats for the next two hours. Does that sound good to you guys, Jerry and Sean? I think that's, that's a right. Cage up, baby. Cage yeah. up. Mangy dogs. And, you know, uh, 6868, I think, is the way to get into Ruse's phone, isn't it? Yeah, probably uh, that. And, uh, and, and obviously he's got a, a soft spot for the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame because that's his <laughs> new stomping grounds. <laughs> Uh, and shout out to Russ Phillips. Seedy old age, like, bars. <laughs> the Cougars, the Cougar lover, Russ Phillips. Uh, we love you, buddy. Um, you know, thank you for hosting the draft this year. But no, we will not bore you with all, thing Cle- all things Cleveland Browns tonight. We're going to talk about week two of the fantasy football season and then get into week three. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Luke Grilly, and I got Jerry and I have Sean Z here. Sean Z back from his... Beautiful honeymoon in not España but but Portugal. Uh, how was it? Did you have a good time? Uh, tell us all about it. She was fantastic. We uh, it's basically the state of Indiana, so we drove up and all around it. Twelve days, uh, some beach, some cliffs, sightseeing cities, uh, grape stomping, wine, booze. You name it, we did it. It was fantastic. I, I got I got nothing but love for the Portuguese people. Obrigado is thank you in uh, Portuguese. Just all the contrary all to the, the eliteness. prick French. Yeah, contrary to the prick French, uh, where you don't have to. You know, you can speak English and get by there. They're real close with the with the British. So very English friendly, uh, and I'd recommend it to anybody and everybody that gets a chance to go. Lisbon's beautiful. Um, the countryside's sweet and uh it's cheap too so um it's it's not like this trip to europe and it's thousands and thousands of dollars you can get by um on only a few thousand for uh for 12 days so um all told had a, a couple private tours you know i had to being being elite and all uh, <laughs> i came back i'm owing two i'm disgusted <laughs> Uh, I didn't even have to go through my Jerry beating in week one. I, I kind of ran and hid in a different uh, continent. Um, so I took my lumps with that. So props to Jerry for beating my ass. Uh, yeah, which was really cool because Kareem Hunt you know, kind of came in the <laughs> Thursday before put me out of my misery. So I didn't even have to really worry about it. That's perfect. I will Sounds say like a you very elite uh, vacation, honeymoon. And a I was say you definitely – Congratulations again, Shut up, Luke. Let burst talk. No kidding. I'm trying to congratulate the man for repping uh, NEG all over uh, the coastline. Man, There's several picks posted up on Twitter where it repping the shirt, repping the tribe. I got no hard. love from the Indians. I saw that I you made a no real hard push for that, and they did not pick up on that. I think they had like a like a like a Rottweiler wearing a tribe jersey or something, and posted that rather than you. And anti-NEG, very similar to what Luke has to deal with on Twitter sometimes, some of the trolls. It's true. The trolls, the, the haters make us famous, though, so that's fine. And uh, speaking of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Be sure to tweet us all your starter sick questions. Uh, we're going to answer a few of those at the end of the episode tonight. Uh, those are from some of our loyal listeners and followers. Um, find us on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Same goes with SoundCloud. Search for us on the iTunes podcast app. Again, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Like us, subscribe to us, tell all your friends. And if you're old school and want to email us, our email address is negpodcast at gmail.com. Again, we like to take any starter, sit, or trade advice questions. We'll get back to you right away and also answer the question on air. Uh, but, you know, we're going to talk about week two point pounders right now. Again, for all the, the newbies here, point pounder is the top scoring p- player from each position. Usually we go with PPR, six points per touchdown, one point per 10 yards rushing and receiving, and one point per 25 yards passing. And the first player I need to talk about is the GOAT, Tom Brady, Tom Brady my third-round pick this year. Uh 447 yards against the Saints defense, three touchdowns. He had all three touchdowns in the first quarter. It looked like it might have been one of those record-breaking games, but uh, towards the, the second half, he kind of slowed down a little bit. But as expected, Sean, Tom Brady's back. Uh, I mean, what do you got to say about the GOAT? 
I got him in my other league. Um, naturally, no one else on my team showed up this week, so I lost. Um, but he was fantastic. Do they practice with the Saints at some point, or did they used to? They used to. Him and Sh- uh, Belichick and Sean Payton have a pretty good relationship. They didn't do it this year, but I think last year they had. Because that was practices. the whole Malcolm Butler familiarity thing and some of that. And um, I actually, it, it felt like that. And Luke, you what we watched this, so you could be able to tell us. Did they? Did they kind of pull call the dogs off? Because he had three hundred in the first half, and it um, didn't feel like there was the gas being applied that under normal circumstances Belichick's getting fifty in a game like that. Right. Well, what happened was you saw injuries to Gronk. He, he tweaked his groin a little bit. Uh, Philip Dorsett, the third wide receiver, got hurt. Kevin Ho- or Chris Hogan tweaked his ankle as well. So they were down to one healthy wide receiver, and that was Brandon Cooks. Uh, Rex Burkhead, who scored the first touchdown, he went out with, uh, with bruised ribs or something. So he missed the second half of the game, too. So they were already very thin at wide receiver, and they're even thinner once this game was over. So it'll be interesting to see how they look week three against Houston. You know, is Philip Dorsett, who's now be there for two weeks, will he be up to speed? Will Chris Hogan be healthy? Will Brandon Cooks finally get involved? I'm not sure. And Gronk, you know, are they going to take it easy with him? Play, you know, hold him with kid gloves? I'm, I'm not sure. So I think that's why we didn't see a lot in the second half because they were still they were still pushing. They're still pressing. And I think also the Saints guy tightened up a little bit at, at halftime. I got a take too, and before uh, letting Jerry have it, I actually think New England's got to apply a lot of pressure in the season early on. Oakland looks to be a monster, and I don't think I, if I'm New England, that I want to face that pass rush on the road AFC title game. That like full stop, knowing how they struggled a little bit against Kansas City's pass rush, I, I, I would be leery of that they've got to love the Oakland secondary. But, like, a road game is different than a hosting in New England. You can attack a secondary with the cadence and, and the crowd noise and stuff. I, I, if I'm Belichick and, and Brady, I'm, I'm very concerned with what I've seen for how good Oakland's looked thus far offensively and with their pass rush specifically. Well, I think they sure. kind Gary, of jump out. No, on they kind of jump on what Sean's saying. I think the AFC West is very strong. We've seen Chiefs beat them uh, in New England. You, like you were saying about Oakland, it, they're a formidable opponent so far for anybody they match up with. I think the thought was New England just needed to win the East, which they were going to do without question, and then just get into the playoffs. Well. I think Sean was exactly right. They don't want to play a road game, uh, especially going to the West Coast. Um, so that's second. That it's going to be interesting to see. You know, when do they apply pressure on these these teams when they know they should blow them out, and when do they kind of pull it off to keep guys healthy? And I think we may have seen the first instance of that against New Orleans because I thought, like, I think um, I think it was Luke who said they should have put up fifty. I mean, they easily could have put up fifty, but they, you know, kind of call the dogs off. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see as we get to that mid season, who's healthy for them and who's going to be the one that says, um, is it Brady that kind of pulls the dogs up and says, listen guys, we've got to, you know, kind of chill here. Um, let's get our, our second group in, or is it Belichick who's going to, you know, call them off and rein them back. But it's going to be very interesting to see how it's, it's kind of like when you have a basketball, you know, we're a lock to get in, you know, do we play our guys? It's, it might be the first time we see that in the NFL this year because the AFC East is so bad. Well, and and don't forget the AFC West. Uh, you guys forgot Denver, who who absolutely put a beating well, and you, on And New England's faced them on the road and has ran into their right. trouble. So that's kind of where they I'm faced, going with Von Miller, I feel like they played, Leo Mack, those types of teams. Right. Oakland can well, score, and, and, though, with New England. Yeah, and, and and they all the Patriots always struggle against that fast pass rush off the end, and you're going to see that from Khalil Mack. You're going to see that from Von Miller, and and that's always been the thorn in the side for Brady. But speaking of AFC West and Denver and Oakland, the next two point pounders happen to be on those two teams. So the, the good news for the Patriots is the AFC West is going to be the hell the crap out of each other between Kansas City, Denver, and Oakland. Uh, but Michael Crabtree had another one of those games where. Uh, the car only looked at Crabtree in the red zone, six catches, 80 yards, but three touchdowns leading receiver this week. Jerry, I, I think you had Crabtree last year. I mean, how much fun is it to have a guy like Crabtree on your team when he has games like this? It's, it's pretty much just money in your pocket, right? It is, but I did not have my team. Uh, that's why I was not in the playoffs last year. I think you're thinking of somebody that was successful <laughs> in our league. I think uh, it was Parky. But no, I think Parky, yeah. But yeah, you can't ask for anything more. A guy who gets every red zone look, you know, he's the primary. It's a lot of fun. 
Well, I, I know this guy is on Sean's dynasty team, the league we're in, but CJ Anderson led all running backs this week, 25 uh, carries for 118 yards and a touchdown rushing, and then three catches for 36 yards and a touchdown receiving. Now, we've all seen this story before. We always know how it ends. The guy's a top 10 running back for the first six weeks of the season, and then goes down with a season-ending injury. Sean, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Is that going to happen again this year, or is this finally the year CJ Anderson puts it all together? Uh, it probably will happen, but the fact that he beat Nick Vern this week, uh, a, a a real kind of uh, burn his ass all season or all off season uh, on our text chat talking trash. The fact that CJ was the reason that we beat Nick Vern. Don't don't think the Zebros didn't take great pleasure in that uh, over the course of Sunday and then into Monday. I'm I'm sure you did. I'm sure you guys are always very generous in defeat. So. But he, I, I will say this burst. Really well-designed play calling for him. Uh, the, the issue with CJ, can he stay healthy? If he stays healthy, healthy, that's all the makings of a 1,200-yard back. Well, he also right. has the benefit and, of some pretty good backups this year. I mean, Jamal Charles and Devontae Booker can take some of the load off of him. Uh, Booker's not played yet, but, yeah, that, that's true. Um, Charles, he's practicing on and off. Like he He's on – a real innings limit is sure. what I would mm-hmm. say. This guy's a, a five to seven touch guy, but to your point, that's five to seven less wear and tear touches week to week. Um, but you know, it's it, it's tough healing in that in that mile high air. Um, so it remains to be seen. But it's one of those where you want to squeeze as much value out and then maybe uh, look to dump or or put him as part of a package for wow. another deal as the year goes on. That's a very look, scientific look at, look at take. Dr. Sean Z with the uh, the mile high altitude. Dude, when you got CJ Anderson on your team and you're wondering why an ankle sprain takes five weeks to heal, uh, <laughs> trust me, you're doing a lot of journal reading. And we're Team Achilles anyway. So we're already kind of tied into some of this stuff. Um, so, but yeah, we keep a very close eye. And for those that have had Demaryius Thomas, they know this is not some big secret either. Like these in- injuries the have groin. a tendency to linger. Yeah. Um, Jason Witten tried his best to bring the Cowboys back against the Broncos on Sunday night, but he couldn't get it done. However, he did have 10 catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. Mr. Old Reliable, he seems like he's been uh, Dak Prescott's number one option so far this season. Uh, Des Bryant's had a hard time getting off and uh, you know being the explosive player that we're used to. But Witten absolutely dominated after the hour-plus delay, so I'm sure whatever he's taking to get himself back to being in his you know late 20s again, I want some of that because I'm feeling really old in my, uh, in my 32-year-old year. But uh, honorable mentions for Point Pounders, my guy, Todd Gurley, best rushing game since his rookie year. Averaged five-plus yards per carry for the first time in pretty much forever and scored a couple touchdowns. That was fun. And, Jerry, your boy, your boy again, the Kareem Hunt train keeps on rolling. What are your thoughts? I mean, again, it's so frustrating because you backed into this. You you messed up what by taking Spencer Ware in the fourth this? round, and you backed into taking yep. in it's not even the, a question. The, the, yep. the rookie running back in the seventh round because everybody said how bad of a pick he was in the fourth round. Unbelievable. I, unbelievable. I went RB by uh, committee for the first time in my life, took a handcuff, and now I, it, I'm like being – like I did a dishonorable thing. Screw you guys. Would yeah. you have taken Cream Hunt in the seventh round if you didn't take Spencer Ware in the fourth? Absolutely no. not. No, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have taken him. No chance. So why why is that dishonorable? I don't understand. Just, cause, just because – because, Sean got it's worked. You. It's you and he. It, I'm. I'm not literally. I, I'm telling you guys. I, I'm not making fun of anybody in these drafts anymore. I, because everybody I make fun of gets lucky. I'm looking at rosters that if one guy in their team gets hurt, they literally are a dumpster fire. I've lost Dan two of my top the worst five. wide receivers that I've ever seen a fantasy team have ever in in a. a 18 team league. His receivers are so bad. We're we got to dedicate a pod to reading them off to people who his receivers are. Again. No one gets hurt on these guys. I got Allen Robinson, A.J. Green blows goats. Fitz is invisible one week versus the next. I got DeMarco Murray, who literally pulls the hamstring of all the one season to pull the hamstring in the training camp, and then he's useless. Like I, I hate fantasy football. Fantasy football sucks. <laughs> now, let's get on so, with our fantasy. So for our, lo- for our loyal listeners, for our loyal listeners, the, the, the Dan Schreckenhaus that we're, we're referring to uh, – League champion last year, unfortunately. But his starting wide receivers right now are Cooper Cup, Marcus Wheaton, and uh, that's it. We only start two wide receivers with a wide receiver tight end flex. On the bench, he's got Mike Wallace, Sterling Shepard, Dante Moncrief, Taylor, uh, Tyler Lockett, 
and Michael Campanero. So, Sean, I think I think the worst wide receiving core in eighteen team league is is a little bit too generous. I think this is uh, uh, the the worst wide receiver core I would see in a twenty team league because this is god awful. Um, oh, yeah, but he's got brutal. two starting tight ends, brutal. right? Like the, that was his yeah, whole strategy. Until this Jordan, year. Jordan Reed's one of them. Jordan yeah. Reed never makes until it he's more seasons. than ten games. Well, let's let's you know we we can talk about Shrek's choices uh, for for many many hours on a podcast, but I, I don't think the the listeners want to hear that. But let's talk about this week. This guy sucks. These are the biggest disappointments at the position. Former Ohio State alum Ezekiel Elliott, his awkward weird season continues. Nine rushes, eight yards, four receptions, fourteen yards. You think and his he, head is know, really we were, in the game? You think that's what's the problem? Probably not. I mean, you're probably right. Um, just uh, God, you know, we, we people who took him in the second, third round look like geniuses, and you know, maybe that's not the case right now. I'm sure he's going to turn it around. It looks like he's going to play all 16 games this season, but uh, his struggles continue. And another guy who's struggling, and granted, it's been one game, but Sean Jameis Winston he had a cake matchup against Chicago. Maybe it was game script. That's why he struggled. But he really only finished with 204 yards and one touchdown. He was a very popular DraftKings fan duel pick this week. Um, so, do you think it was the game script that kind of kind of made him suffer, or just he just didn't look good on Sunday? I, I think it's game script. I, but I'm consistent that I don't think Jameis Jameis is a Troy Aikman type quarterback. That's more of a winner, non fantasy guy, a guy you'd actually for your favorite team you'd want to be your quarterback but not necessarily a guy you want as your fantasy quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's my view on on Jameis. That said, playing against Mike Evans and following along to this game, this game was a blowout, like literally a dumpster fire. So in a lot of regards, they got inside the 30 and 40, and I think they did a lot of um, probably burst a little bit of like tendency differences or, or things that at, later on in the season will they'll do more action off of. I think it was more of a situation of let's break tendencies in a game that's a little bit useless or, or meaningless uh, because they were already up 20, 30 points. And against the Bears, that's like a 50, 60 point game. Um, so I actually I, I didn't I didn't think that he was bad at all. Uh, but, for, you know, for those that were expecting three touchdowns and maybe a Brady type performance, you're not really going to get that against Chicago this year. Their defense isn't terrible and their offense is so bad that you can vanilla beat them. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree. Sense. I think you just got to lean on them for the entire uh, game, like they did, and you're going to get away with the W, especially if you go to Chicago. Atlanta did the, the same thing over. the week before. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta did the same thing the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, a player disappointed, Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, in, in a game where Tom Brady had 447 yards and three touchdowns, Cooks only had two receptions for 37 yards and two rush attempts for six yards. I have some thoughts on why he's struggling, but Jerry, I mean, you've seen. Uh, explosive players move from offense to offense. What do you think is going on here with Brandon Cooks and, and Tom Brady? I don't put too much into this. I still think he's their their biggest deep threat aside from Gronk. Um, I kind of feel like when you're watching the Patriots play, it's kind of like watching like Brady is like a really good rec league point guard. He's going to feed the hot hand and keep going back to him until they uh, make him until they miss. And I feel like he's just getting the ball to other guys right now, and he doesn't really know Brandon as well. I think it'll be fine though as the season progresses. I don't see this being a repeat performance too many times. Directly point guard. I love that. <laughs> That's great. The funny thing is, Jerry was never the recipient of the Reckley point guard. No, but I was more of a, a screener and a rebounder. That, That's, that's very well done. There's some others that have uh, Farky and Chill and, and even uh, Moner on the pod that, that would that would thoroughly uh, that they'll enjoy that. If Sean, I was more the guy who wore knee pads and took a lot of uh, charges. <laughs> you were the the cable guy, Jim Carrey. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, you had you had Rex specs. You definitely had Rex specs. Uh, Luke, I, I'm I'm with you on this one, but I, I got to say I uh, I was utterly shocked um, of the performance or lack thereof from Cooks. We played in, and Nick Byrne had him. We played against him in in the dynasty. We were terrified, revenge-type situation, familiarity with the secondary, the defense, um, but just really super quiet. Um, after game one where, you know, he forced turnover or he forced penalties, you know, they were trying to establish to get him the ball. I, I was really taken aback by this one. 
I think what happened was if you see Brandon Cooks when he he comes off the line, literally he does a little stutter step to both sides for like half a second to a second in, in trying to to get that step on the the um, the defender. And I think that kind of doesn't allow him to really get around the defender because the defender's backs up and gets that cushion on him um, and kind of gives him a head start. So I, I'm hoping that maybe he's uh, going to quit doing that little stutter step and just burn the guy with his 4-3 speed and, and allow Brady to loft the ball up for him. And the other issue, too, has been the, the left tackle played by Nate Solder. The, the Pats are struggling on the um, those edge rushers, again, like I mentioned earlier. And... Obviously, with a deep threat like Brandon Cooks, it's going to take some time for him to get open versus guys like Edelman, Amendola, Gronk, who are just going across the middle. So I think that's part of it. Hopefully this week against Houston, granted, they're going to be going up against two pretty tough uh, defensive ends in Javion Clowney and um, and J.J. Watt or Whitney Merciless, whoever's playing DN there. So maybe it, it might be another dud for Brandon Cooks. I definitely He's definitely going to be my starting lineup no matter what because you can't not bench him. But – until the Patriots can uh, shore up that offensive line a little bit, I think that it's going to be some tough sledding for, for Brandon Cooks, which was one of my concerns when I took him uh, in fantasy this year. However, the, the boom potential of just elite, elite play, wide receiver one play kind of jaded me a little bit. But we'll see how that plays out. Um, two receivers I want to talk about real quick, and then we will get into uh, the injuries and waiver wire talk. Uh, Brandon Marshall, two straight games. The guy looks like he's lost. He's done. Had two big drops last night in a game where New York really needed him to step up. Uh, Sean, what's going on with this guy? Is he just taking some time to get acclimated to the offense, or is he just over the hill? Uh, I don't think over the hill. Brandon Marshall's got some Anquan Bolden. I, I think he can probably play in, until uh, you know until you know he gets fed up or whatnot, just because he's not a speed guy and everything else. Body control, positioning, balance. The Giants are dumpster fire without a, a healthy old Odell Beckham. It, you safety care like it shrinks the box, uh, maybe hides a little bit of the faults of the offensive line that continues to get exposed. Um, and then you know Eli, Luke, how the hell did you guys two Super Bowls to this guy? I, like <laughs> this, this is a classic case of where you guys don't run, like. Why didn't you pressure the hell out of this guy? These games could have been forty-two to nothing in the Super Bowl. What the hell? I'll tell you what. Gruden last night said the most asinine comment ever. And when uh, Eli was getting hit and literally just threw the ball straight up, went about 20 yards up in the air, went 10 yards downfield. It was an absolute lame duck. And Sterling Shepard came down and, you know, caught it. Just lucky. Gruden says, that's the best throw you're ever going to see. Like, <laughs> that was the dumbest throw you're ever going to see. How about the two throws he made in the Super Bowl that won him two Super Bowls? How about those are the best throws he's ever made? Uh, you know, the Monday Night Football, the, the commentary is getting tough. We need John Gruden back on the sidelines. We need him out of the booth. He was great for a while, but that shit's getting old. But you're right. And, and I get so uh, incensed when I realize that Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Fame inductee even though he just really wasn't good, but it's just the best is, is literally if if he retires when Brady retires and they go together. That uh, <laughs> Ruth oh Phillips God. is going to have so much fun entertaining Luke Grilly, and I hope he like subs out the rest of his quarters, which his house has quarters, to <laughs> other Giants fans like in a quasi group <laughs> Airbnb thing. So that Luke Grilly has to deal with that that clientele, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Um, Sean, you mentioned AJ Green. He continues to struggle as that whole Cincinnati Bengals offense continues to struggle. Whispers of Colin Kaepernick being brought in for Andy Dalton, which I don't think that's the answer, but that's a different story for a different pod. What are your thoughts on AJ Green so far? You took him in the first round of our draft this year. Many guys took him in the first round of their drafts. Is he going to be a bust this year? Is this offense going to be a bust or is he going to be able to turn it around? Okay, so uh, the Colin Kaepernick thing, there's literally zero chance of that happening. Cincinnati does a ton of stuff for, for veterans. They give away free tickets. Um, there's, a, I think, a military base, obviously, nearby in Kentucky at the border. Um, Cincinnati is basically Kentucky anyways. Uh, there is no chance Colin Kaepernick is a Bengal. Mike Brown just wouldn't do it. He, he's all about fourth and fifth chances. He's not about a second chance for Colin Kaepernick just the way that he runs his business. He won't even fire Mar Marvin Lewis because he doesn't want to pay a coach twice or two coaches at the same time. <laughs> That's just how he, that cat rolls. As for A.J. Green, I'll pose the question back to you guys. 
Chad Johnson fell off the face of, of the earth at one point when he got 29-30, I believe. A.J. Green is just about, I think, 29, might even be 30 already. Have we already seen far and away the best of A.J. Green, and is this going to be a rapid, massive decline, or is this just overreaction week two from a guy that's had him and couldn't be more disgusted with him? Well, Your to, thoughts? To, to touch on the age thing, He's 29, Julio Jones 28, Antonio Brown's 29, Des Bryant's 28. Um, I think he looks the oldest out of that group. Like I think he's I lost a step. I agree. Um, he, I mean, he's still six four. He's still he's still got the the downfield. You know, he can go up over the ball, go up over anybody and get the ball. But like, are you saying he's still as explosive as Julio Jones or even Des Bryant? I don't think so. He, I think he, I think you're right. I think he's you know kind of lost a step. Um, and, and Andy Dalton's not playing that well. They have some serious O-line issues. Hot take. And, I mean, that's yeah, not real hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say that the O-line is, is, is poor and uh, Andy Dalton's suffering because of it is, and that in turn takes the ball away from A.J. Green. I mean, that's kind of what it all boils down to. In my opinion, that's, a, that's your I, hot you know take. What? Jerry, I disagree. Sean, I disagree. I don't think he's done by any stretch of the imagination. I think Meanwhile, he's a product Luke, of just Luke text me tra- trying to trade for him today. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I tweeted. I tweeted that you know, if if you see an AJ Green owner that's zero and two, you know, circle the wagons and get after him. You it know, was AJ Green and Odell, I believe. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So you're damn right. I'm gonna tweet. I'm gonna text you about it. See if you're down the dumps and gonna make a rash decision. And it sounds like you're about to. But here's the thing. I don't think he's done yet. I think he's a product of a terrible, terrible offensive football team right now in Cincinnati. We knew that this team was gonna be a dumpster fire because our offensive line is just a shell of what it used to be. This team for a long time prided itself on being a very, very good off, being a hard-nosed football team that had a really good offensive line and made Andy Dalton look like a pretty damn good quarterback at times. Now we're seeing that when he gets two seconds to throw the ball, he can't get it downfield to A.J. Green. And A.J. Green has never been one of those guys who's going to go across the middle and take a big hit. He's always going to line up on the outside and win those 50-50 balls. And if Dalton, yeah. have any, if Dalton doesn't have any time to throw the ball, then he's just not going to be able to 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 get those catches. And and you know he's still getting targeted plenty. He's still got you know five catches the first two weeks. I'm oh, not, I just, I'm that's not, where I disagree. He is not getting. He got targeted seven times. He's gotten targeted the same amount as that backup stiff tight end that they had last on Thursday night. But that's, he's not getting that's targeted the enough. That's the well. That's the issue that I don't think Dalton can get him the ball because the offensive line is so bad. And I think they need to fit. Well. I, Again, then they got to change a different route tree that, that A.J. Green is going to well, run. Well, they did. They fired the offensive coordinator because his old ass didn't have any of this shit figured out. So they canned him. <laughs> well, we'll, and we'll now, see how that now goes, we're about to I, pop off because the Red Rock is about to shoot. They have no running game right now because they brought in Joe Mixon, they had Jeremy Hill, and they have Joe Bernard, and all three are struggling so far. Again, it starts and ends with the offensive line. And, you know, they lost that guy, Zeeler. I think he went to the Browns, right? Yeah. Um, they so and they they lost Whitworth who went to the Rams. I mean they've lost a lot a, a lot of key players there who who've been there for the past few years because, you know Mike Brown doesn't want to pay him because Mike Brown's a cheap ass you know and and that's always been the problem with Cincinnati players left because, uh, the the locker room the, the home team locker room and all the facilities were were still dated like pretty much from the early nineties and and that's why Marvin Lewis continues to have a job even though he goes eight and eight or loses in the first round of the playoffs because he's just content with with having a job. And, they gave my close parking right, spot. That was a big coach. bonus. So there's a lot to that. I'm not done with AJ Green. I think he's going to be fine as long as they get that offensive line figured out. But that's a tough thing to figure out, and I'm not sure that firing Ernie Zampezi is really going to be the the answer to that. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the Bengals they look like they're going to be a top ten team in the draft next year. So uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But you know, speaking of injuries. Obviously, injuries play a major part in fantasy football, and we want to make sure that we keep you guys up to date on some of the players to pick up in case the star, your first-round, second-round pick, goes out with an injury. And this week, we saw two wide receivers from the Packers go down and miss some time. Randall Cobb had a shoulder injury. Sounds like he's going to be okay. Might not miss any time. And then we had Jordy Nelson, who came up lame with a quad injury in the first quarter. Um, When those two went out, then Devontae Adams turned into a surefire number one wide receiver. Geronimo Allison, who's kind of been a sleeper for the past few years, he finally found some fantasy value. And then, of course, newly signed Martellus Bennett came in and uh, he struggled in the first half, but picked up about five catches in the second half. 
So, Jerry, you know, considering that the renal Cobb injury probably isn't going to – he's not going to be out at any time at all, hopefully, uh, but with, with him, you never know. And then Jordy Nelson might miss some time, maybe a week, or he'll be okay. We're still not sure, or that quad could flare up. Are you buying, you know, Geronimo Allison in deep leagues? Are you interested more in Martellus Bennett? What, what's your thought process on what's going on with the wide receivers and the pass catchers in Green Bay? Well, Devontae Adams can slide in and be an outside number one threat for sure. Um, Martellus Bennett, he's he's still a, a he's still a threat at, at across the middle. You know, his speed's con has never been a, a big factor, but he's still, definitely still a big body to throw to. Um, Geronimo Allison's a little bit more unproven. I don't know if I'm going to be reaching for him on the waiver wire, though. Um, I'm not pulling the trigger on that one yet. Jerry doesn't Sean, have any clue about Geronimo or Allison. <laughs> you can tell. Don't 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 even get it twisted. My you team, barely- Sean, you. Sean, you got him in Dynasty, so all what you got over him. He, it's a fantastic. He's already got a little bit of a rapport with Rodgers. Is a guy that hasn't played. It was suspended week one. They didn't even think about cutting him. Matter of fact, this whole week uh, leading up to Sunday Night Football, uh, McCarthy was actually quoted of saying how you know the untapped potential. He's bulked up this year. Uh, there's a lot to like with him. Um, this is a guy you want to. If you got Dan Schreckengoss receivers. You better swap one of them. <laughs> one of them stiffs out for Geronimo Allison. Period. Point. Simple. I, I think if you're able to get Geronimo Allison after the waiver wire period, maybe save some money. Don't spend any on him. Don't move down on the waiver wire order by picking him up. I think that could be a solid stash option because, again, we've seen Randall Cobb miss plenty of time with shoulder injuries, with ankle injuries that he takes a while to get uh, get healthy from. And and uh, the quad injury for Jordy Nelson was a non-contact injury. He's 32 years old. That could easily flare up. So if you're tied to a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and there's a possibility that the receiver is going to get seven to ten uh, targets per game, then I agree, Sean. I think Jerome Allison's a great speculative ad. Uh, speaking of more injuries, though, Gronk, I mentioned groin injury. That was an issue. Greg Olson, he's got a broken foot. He's on the IR out for eight weeks after surgery. Tyler Eifert, back and knee injury, and Jimmy Graham with a knee injury, both questionable for week three. Then finally, Jordan Reed, Bruce Chess, he's day-to-day. Those are a lot of tight ends that... Well, so wait, you're telling me Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert are hurt? Uh, No way. That actually happened? And Gronk. And Gronk. Yeah, and Gronk? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was a a rough week for tight ends, but... You know, with with the good come or the bad comes the good. I guess there's a ton of waiver wire targets uh, at tight end this week. So Jerry, who's your favorite waiver wire target? Oh, this, this is week? a this is a topic near and dear to my heart because I just lost Greg Olson. Um, the guy I like immediately off the rip is Zach Miller. Uh, I think he's a fantastic target uh, guy. Um, as far as touchdowns and you know getting the ball and, and doing something with it after the catch, not so much. Um, if Evan Ingram was available. In our league, is somebody to definitely pick up. You know, in some leagues, you might you might see him. I bet in a twelve team league, he's probably there. Um, Kobe Fleener is another guy I'd be looking for. Guys, I'm staying away from. I'm not buying Ben Watson. I'm not buying like Safarian Jenkins. I'm staying away from those guys. Um, and I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger on uh, Ed Dixon as the backup to fill in for uh, um, down in in Carolina. So pass on that one. Yeah, Ed Dixon has just always been a plotter. I, I I agree. I'm not so, I'm not sold on him. But Sean, who who do you like out of the waiver wire targets? Maybe a guy that Jerry didn't mention, or a guy that Jerry doesn't like. I I, I like Safarian Jenkins under the right context or for the right team. Um, there's just targets to be had. So I guess I look at it more just from simply that exercise. That um, if there's something worthwhile or available there, you just jump at it. Mm-hmm. I like I like Safarian Jenkins. He's coming off of two game suspension uh, for drunk driving a few years ago. Apparently, he went to rehab. He got clean, and yeah, he's on the Jets, and they really have absolutely nobody at wide receiver or tight end. So he's almost a lock for ten to twelve targets a game. PPR league, he could be a low end tight end one. And and again, I'm going to disagree with Jerry on Ben Watson. The dude's thirty six, keeps on producing. He's a physical just, freak. Always you has just love him because he has weight room records in New England. He has. All the weight room. And you're a weight room douchebag, so this is perfect for you. <laughs> and I'll never, I will, I'll never forget the uh, the time he tracked down Champ Bailey in the AFC Championship game against the Broncos and knocked the ball out of his hands. They called that a uh, they called it a safety when they should have called it a touchback for the Patriots. But that just showed his 
his athletic athleticism. But I think Joe Flacco leans on his tight ends. You can get Ben Watson really cheap. So if you lost Greg Olson, if if you're worried about Gronk, if you're worried about Eifert or Graham, I, I, my favorite this week, weirdly enough, is, is probably 36-year-old Ben Watson. Um, but another injury, unfortunately, Rob Kelly, he looked good in week one. Had a rib cartilage injury. Uh, to be determined how long he'll be out. I'm assuming he's going to be out at least one week. He's one of those players. He's very physical running back. Uh, Jake Gruden's talked about Chris Thompson getting more involved. So I, I think the writing's kind of on the wall that we're going to see some time uh, missed by Rob Kelly. But uh, a preseason hype guy was Samaj P. Ryan, rookie this year. And he finally had his opportunity to play in week two. 21 rushes, 67 yards, one catch one yard and he really didn't look very good but you know maybe with a game plan centered around him sean do you think that p ryan could have uh, a game where he maybe breaks out a little bit in week three no i think p ryan kind of stinks um nothing special nothing to see here i actually think what washington needs to do and for me it's actually kind of indicative of deshaun jackson leaving i said this when it happened and how big of an acquisition it was for tampa bay that's a field stretcher. It pulls the safety. It keeps somebody back deep. There's less people in the box or in and around the box. So Tampa, I think, is going to reap the benefits of that. It was one of those guys that he might not have caught 75, 80 balls for Washington, but he was the reason Garcon got his. He's the reason Jordan Reed got his. You know, the running game, all of their Crowder, everybody kind of got theirs. Why they look kind of off this year. I think is a direct correlation to Deshaun Jackson not being there. They, them thinking Terrell Pryor was a field stretcher, he's not. Um, and and I, I like that's that's how I kind of look at Washington. I think they're better off with Thompson in the backfield, and them trying to kind of go three wide receiver, one back with Thompson and and throw it forty times. I I think that's the play for Washington if they want to be successful, that's not what Gruden wants to do though. He wants to kind of mix, you know, 20 rushes in and pound it sometimes here and there. I just don't know that they're equipped for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Chris Thompson's definitely the most dynamic guy in that backfield. If everybody's healthy, uh, he's a well, well-known, well-known name in fantasy leagues last year, especially PPR leagues. Cause he kind of broke out. And, uh, this week he finished with four rushes for 77 yards and two touchdowns another three catches for 29 yards receiving. and But the, the only thing is Jay Gruden mentioned that they have to kind of take it easy with him. He's not a big guy. They can't give him 20, 25 touches or else he'll break down. So there is some some minimal upside, uh, but I, I think he's the best running back down in Washington no matter what. Uh, in Cleveland, we had an issue yet again. Corey Coleman, broken hand. We had this injury last year. They're saying a four- to six-week injury, and last year it took him seven weeks to recover from the same injury. So, Jerry, who's going to step up in Cleveland? Because we know it's not going to be Kenny Britt. It's definitely not going to be Kenny Britt. I mean, I don't even get into the the quitting he did and the jogging he did on the field, but I think based off of last week's performance, a guy like Rashard Higgins, you know, Hollywood Higgins, he, he was a target fiend, um, but I think it had more to do with uh, – Kind of, you see a little bit more explosion with Njoku. Um, he had, I think, four targets for a couple catches um, and a touchdown. I think it's going to be split between those two. You got to get uh, set the valve involved, but I think Higgins might be the guy who's going to be the bell cow receiver moving forward for the uh, Cleveland Browns. Not being said, the offense is still is- bad, and we shouldn't be calling any receiver for the Browns a bell cow. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> this is this is uh, definitely the the Rue Phillips uh, appreciation episode because we mentioned yes. Seth the Valve, who who Rue owns in a dynasty league. Uh, he's had him for two years, which I think he's the only person in the history of fantasy football that's owned Seth the Valve for two years straight. Um, but that, that I guess it's just it's just very uh, it's just perfect. The stars are aligning. Uh, Sean, I mean, is, is Higgins any good? We're going to talk about him a little bit later on in this episode. Uh, spoiler alert. But is, is he any good? He just got called up off the practice squad. He's a fifth-round pick last year. Uh-oh. Who? What is he? Who? Coming in hot. He, he want, Mark, he wants to know if Rashard Higgins is good. Luke Grimm terrible. wants to know. He's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. I mean, it's more of an abortion of what, what's going on with our squad than it is something that he's any good. He's terrible. There you well, go, Luke. Here, here. Mark Zussin on the pod, coming in with his hot take. So uh, we'll take it. We appreciate it. Welcome, Mark. Uh, how'd the Powder Puff football game go? Did you ref the hell out of it? These girls 
these coaches don't understand. Just get to the edge. If you get to the edge, you're going to score a touchdown. It's like middle school basketball. Just run 28 and 29 sweep. When you start to get cute and pass the ball, bad things happen. But the seniors prevailed in a, in a, in a matchup that made paint drying cool in the first half and then made the Rams of uh, the, the greatest show on tour look good in the second half. So it, was, it was all right. Uh, Mark, this is episode 68, so we're labeling it the, the Russ Phillips appreciation episode. Um, any, any good stories to tell about Rusty Phillips before we get on to the rest of the waiver wire picks? Yeah, Russ Phillips uh, doesn't like to give back to his community and had a hissy fit one time when we were supposed to do a little community service <laughs> to help out and literally threw an adult hissy fit, like threw his hands on the ground, slapped around, yelled around until he said he wasn't going. And we were like, all right, screw you, man. You're no fun. You're not going. So he did so. The, Duke, best, the Duke basketball like move uh, at, at center court when the when the offensive point guard bringing the ball off the floor. That's what Rue was doing. Yes. Yeah, yeah and the best part about it was his, his jumper and his abortion. While we're on it, it's an abortion. <laughs> wow. Roe v. Best, Wade on best. that jumper. Ooh. Best part about that was that he cost our fraternity about a thousand dollars by not by not showing up to that fundraiser event. But uh, I don't know. And our fraternity is now no longer at Baldwin Wallace College because uh, they they couldn't afford the, the dues. And I, I, you know what, I blame Rue for that. So that's what you give for being in a fraternity anyway. You're trying to buy yeah, friends. You whatever. <laughs> yep. Whatever. Um, some, um, some wave wire pickups I want to talk about real quick, gentlemen. Uh, JJ Nelson, wide receiver for the Cardinals, looks like he's the number two for as long as John Brown's out with that sickle cell issue. His quad acted up again; he just can't get healthy. Brown uh, Nelson shine with five catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mark, are you going to waste any money on on Nelson? Is this going to be a week to week thing by him, or is he just going to be hit or miss with the rest of the Arizona Cardinals offense? Uh, I'm good. I'm not. I don't. I'm not wasting any money on him. All right, poignant. Jermaine Curse, wide receiver for the Jets. We mentioned him last week a little bit. He had four catches for 64 yards, two touchdowns. We mentioned that the, the Jets are sorely lacking uh, a consistent receiver. Austin Safarian Jenkins could come in and be that receiver. But, Sean, is Jermaine Curse a guy that maybe you'd pick up if you need a wide receiver four or a flex player? No, no. This is one <laughs> of those one-time things. things. Uh, what I would be more happy with if um. If I've got Demarius Thomas, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, any of these teams, um, Keenan Allen, my team gets to face this Oakland secondary, and I got two games where the, my dudes may eat. Okay. All right. I'm not sure how, how Keenan Allen and Jermaine Curse are, are comparable, but we'll go with that. Jermaine um, Curse is their number one. Like, he. he he, who, who's Robbie Anderson? The guy sucks. Like Jermaine right, Kirsch is right. the one. They couldn't guard Jermaine Kirsch. You think they're guarding Keenan Allen? You think they're guarding oh, Marius okay. Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders? Sounds like a NASCAR driver. Robbie Anderson sounds like a NASCAR driver, by the way. He does. He's have him on my <laughs> yeah. team. Yeah, that's right. He does not look well, I'll tell you what. Him and his haircut would not fit very well on NASCAR. Um, so... Luke, That's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. I think if you're relying on picking up Jermaine Curse, you have some serious problems with your fantasy squad. It might be time to shut it down anyway. So if like I, maybe Al Robinson, this is so great. Burst, like Daniel Shrek, Burst, like Burst, we already covered Shrek. Burst falls into the first pick, has a relatively terrible draft, <laughs> but gets lucky. Please, with a couple picks here and there. How it's dare you? Later, his How dare you? Going to run out. Yeah, it's sooner it, or later. It may have. He's literally telling people to shut it down, Luke. Yes. I'm going to get Burst <laughs> back on this. I'm going to get Burst back on this. I agree with you, Burst. You're, nice job this year. I'm going to give you credit where credit's due. You just keep grinding, all right, buddy? I'm going to stay on top of my ivory tower looking down on all you mouth breathers for the rest of the year. Can't wait. Don't forget about me in December because I know where I'll be. <laughs> Hopefully not recording podcasts from a toilet seat. I'm at the gas station right now pumping <laughs> gas. That's what I'm doing, trying to do my fantasy team, too. For all the loyal listeners oh, out there, I'm trying to pump gas into my fantasy team, trying to get them going, trying to get them grinded, and the gas pump just stopped. Just kind of like my fantasy team, how appropriate. <laughs> After that, you had that one-point loss to me this week? It's all right. Cam Newton needs to step up. Him and uh, him and uh, old McCaff are going to jump on the board. All right, let's get back to it, Luke. Take it home, baby. All right, let's talk week two Point Pounders this week, gentlemen. So a reminder to all of our fans out there, Point Pounder is going to be one of those guys that you think is going to either be the number one scoring player at their position or maybe they're a wide receiver two, RB2 that you think will be a top five, maybe top ten player, uh, a low-end QB1 projected to, to to finish top ten, top 12, if you think they're going to be top five. That's the definition of a Point Pounder. 
And tonight, gentlemen, like, my point like counter for week D. three is like credit mark. Credit where credit's due. Mark said, play the Bucks D. If I played the Bucks D instead of Arizona D, I would have got a win in our dynasty league. Unfortunately, I messed up. That's on me. Uh, but great call by Mark. That's a definition of a point ponder right there. A player or a team or a defense that you just don't think is going, that that the masses, the Matthew Berries of the world, aren't going to tell you uh, are going to do diddly squat, but they end up being number one scoring defense or tight end for that week. Anyways, my guy this week's Kelvin Benjamin. You know, with Greg Olson out, Cam needs that reliable security blanket, and I think that Cam's also shaking off some of that rust, and he'll find Kelvin be wide open against a terrible Saint secondary that just got torched by Tom Brady. I love Kelvin Benjamin this week. Jerry said he's undraftable in fantasy football, but Kelvin Benjamin's my guy for point pounder this week. Jerry, who do you got? I have a common theme with the next two a uh, couple guys here, and it's it's based off matchups. And this week, I'm taking Hollywood Rashard Higgins. Uh, no Corey Coleman. Kenny Britt's terrible, and so is the Indianapolis defense. I think you could look at a uh, seven to nine catch, maybe a hundred yards in uh, a touchdown game. That is a Mark, deep. What, what do you think cut. about? What do you think? I think Mark. Higgins? I think Mark dropped the gas and is pouring it now into no, his that, mouth. That was me like dropping a beer. That was me dropping a beer can, and that was me with the multiple JCs and and just utter <laughs> disgust in the background. I'm telling you, <laughs> deep cuts. Yeah, you're telling. Shard Hagen, John University of Colorado State. Guy's a bomb. No explosive speed. Guy caught too many passes in college. Had great. Had great contributions. Wait, wait. He college, caught too many passes? In, how is that possible? He, did. he literally caught like 100 passes. So he thought so? he was good and stopped realizing how to work. And the guy don't work. He don't grind no more. So get him off my squad. But I'll allow you to take him as your point pounder today. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate your <laughs> approval. <laughs> Sean, who's your point pounder for week three? Uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, so not necessarily yeah, anybody can go with the top upper echelon guys. I think Zach Ertz I didn't. a monster. Monster game. Wentz is throwing the ball a ton. Doug Peterson special there, not necessarily knowing what he's doing offensively. I think they had like 13 or 16 rushes against Kansas City this past week. I think that continues against the Giants. Ertz is a perfect safety valve, and they obviously showed they struggled against Ebron. Ertz is an upgrade from that. I think they'll also try and go to him more than than what Detroit tries to, to focus on Ebron with. So I, I think a big game, seven catches, 90 yards, touchdown for Zach Ertz. Ertz was a hot name going to draft season because of the Jordan Matthews trade. And and you're right, he's playing you know the, the de facto slot for the, the Eagles. So I like that pick. And uh, Mark, I'm, I'm curious, what is this week's moneymaker for you, Mark? Who do you got? I'm going to hit you guys hard. I'll be there. Road two. With my boy Ben Stouffer, Detroit versus Atlanta, your point pounder of the week, Tevin Coleman. Music to your ears, Luke. Tevin Coleman <laughs> is going to light it up. De- De- Devontae Freeman might have a tough game with this Detroit uh, defense. Because they're tough right now with the pass rush. But the guy that can get lateral speed going is Mr. Coleman, and he's going to have a nice game. I'm looking forward to, ready for it? Two touchdowns from Tevin Coleman this Ooh. week. Ooh, Tevin Coleman, explosive running back from Atlanta. I like that pick. Maybe I'll throw him in my flex this week in our Dynasty League. We um, need to get some fans up in Detroit. So you and Mark Stofe got to get on that this weekend. Ooh, true. You're calling me out as a fan? Well, No, no, no. I said no, no. I said you got to get us some NEG fans up in Detroit this weekend. I got a, I got a couple t-shirts. Oh, I'll, I'll wear a shirt. Brand. That's a good idea. I'll wear a, uh, I'll wear a shirt. I'll rock it. I'll you should definitely get Stofe one, too. No, I have a few T-shirts. I'll give them to you, Mark. You hand them out. You get pictures. You post it. Okay. Marketing 101. Marketing <laughs> All right, Mark, you know, keep the train going. Keep it hot. Who's your this guy sucks this week? Uh, Frank Gore. He sucks. I'll just say Frank Gore. I wouldn't start him. I wouldn't touch the guy with a 10-foot pole. Um, the guy might go on AARP soon, or the guy might die. So, <laughs> Social Security is here. It's time for Frank Gore to go away. This guy sucks. <laughs> Who's more likely to die on the football field, Josh McCown or Frank Gore? Uh, Julian Edelman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh McCown. Sean, for me, I, I vote Josh McCown. <laughs> Josh okay. McCown is who's, who's, second. Who's your this guy sucks this week, Sean? Uh, I'll go with two. I, I know, Luke, you only wanted me to pin to one. Kirk Cousins, Terrell Pryor. I think it continues this week. Struggle City. Um, 
I, I, I think it's kind of a tailor-made spot for um, for Washington to continue to to run into some trouble uh, against um, who the hell are they playing this? Oh, Oakland D. I think they get after him. I think Pryor continues it uh, to not be able to get the ball. Crowder's a guy that could have a decent game, but I'm going the two Washington guys. The other guy that I love this week too, and Mark will love this. Christian McCaffrey has a monster game. Two, maybe three touchdowns, maybe one in the return game, something along those lines. I think Christian McCaffrey explodes this week, too. Uh, Jerry, who do you got this week for this guy sucks? My pick this week for this guy sucks is Leonard Fournette. I hate the matchup they uh, have uh, against the Ravens. I think they're going to see a lot of eight- and nine-man boxes and completely geared up to take him away. Um, Ravens secondary is formidable. They can lock up on the outside. Um, I just really wish Mark would have had to scream, this guy sucks, outside at a uh, gas station. That would have been really funny. <laughs> uh, Burris, and don't that forget- was your best take of the year right there. You have the best, this guy sucks for this week. I wasn't even thinking of that. You, I have the left bower, and you just hit me with the right bower. Nice job, Mark. <laughs> so I'll give you credit for credit. Listen, Mark, buttering up Burris, no doubt, for trading so later That's going to have a terrible game. game. You think John Harbaugh is going to let a rookie running back go go at him? He didn't even let the crow go at him. I'm with Burris. I like that pick, Adam, Jerry. And don't don't forget don't forget that they're playing in London, too. So it's going to be one of those weird games. You never know what goes on with those games. They're always kind of weird. They start hey, at nine thirty Eastern. Fall down. Falling down, baby. Leonard Fournette's gonna fall down. Oh, <laughs> oh god, Thank that you. was corny. Uh, my pick this week is Des Bryant. I just think the struggles are gonna continue with him. We talked about the lack of explosiveness from AJ Green. I think there's a lack of explosiveness from Des Bryant. He was a you know first second round pick in fantasy drafts, and I, I just don't think that he's going to uh, to deliver on that high draft capital. And the, the week two, um, it's going to continue to struggle as we go on in week three. Um, so we'll tweet out all of our this guy sucks as well as our point pounders this week. Uh, be sure to retweet with your choices with the hashtag point pounder and hashtag this guy sucks. We love retweeting those. We love getting our fans involved and just you know talking back and forth different different thoughts on fantasy football so real quick and do a rapid fire um close out this episode i'm gonna go person to person sean who do you got this week cam newton in the cam newton roller coaster versus new orleans or carson wentz versus the giants cam newton jerry who do you got um carson wentz i like carson wentz against the new york giants marky Giants D's a lot better than what you think. Uh, Stafford didn't do much. I'll take uh, I'll take my boy Cam Newton coming off of it. I'm going to go with Cam Newton as well. I get I think New Orleans is god awful, uh, and I think that he's going to kind of figure it out, turn it around. Uh, next up, we got Ty Hill at Cleveland, who early pick continues to struggle with Scott Tolzien and Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. So would you go with Ty Hill at Cleveland or? Adam Thielen versus Tampa Bay. I know it's crazy to say that we're comparing these two players, but Mark, who are you going with here? Neither. <laughs> I guess if I had to pick one, I'd pick T.Y., but the Browns' defense keeps everything in front. We've been playing a safety at 30 yards off. T.Y. Hilton's game is vertical over the top. They're going to have to get him to him underneath. If anything, Thielen's not going to do much because Sam Bradford's not going to play, so you got to go T.Y. Hilton. Jerry? Is the report definite that Sam Bradford's out? Because if that's the case, I have to go T.Y. Hilton. But if not, I actually like Thielen. It's hi- um, go ahead. It's it's highly likely that Sam Bradford's out again, and Case Keenum will be starting at quarterback, yes. Then i got to go T.Y. Hilton. And it's at Indianapolis, right? It's not, uh, the game is not in Cleveland. Yes. It's, it's at Indy. So, yeah, I'm gonna, i got to go T.Y. Hilton. It's in Indy, yep. Sean, who do you got? Not to piss on your comparison, but it probably would be better if it was Hilton versus Diggs. Uh, but I'm going to take Hilton just because there's just too much gap be- from a talent perspective and where you drafted him and what you expect from the one versus the other. I like T.Y. as well. I'll, I'll go with him. I've uh, been betting him in, in league for a few weeks now, and I think I'm going to finally unleash him this week against Cleveland. And, uh, you know, hopefully for my fantasy sake, he does well. And uh, hopefully for you guys and cheering for the Browns, he does poorly. But we'll see. J.J. Uh, Nelson versus in that game. I know, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, but J.J. Nelson versus Dallas or Chris Hogan versus Houston. Jerry, who do you got? I like J.J. Nelson versus Dallas. Okay, Hogan Mark, for me. Like? 
I'll take Chris Hogan against Houston. I like Chris Hogan as well. We mentioned before that the wide receivers for New England are banged up. That includes Philip Dorsett. I think that Hogan's going to see a ton of targets. He'll see some time in the slot. Uh, a good player for the Patriots this year. Uh, Mark, Chris Thompson versus Oakland or Isaiah Crowell at Indianapolis? The Crow at Indy. If this Crow don't get birdseed, I don't know what is. It's Indy's D. <laughs> Let's go. Bert. Jerry, who do you got? Ugh, I... I'm going to take Crow, but I don't want to say anything like Mark just said. That was a weird – getting bird seed. He, he oh, likes pe- Crow, likes pe- Crow likes pizza launcher bowls, not bird seed. Yeah, Mark, Mark's been agreeing with Burris and having horrible takes. To, well, those are synonymous one with one that's another. Mark's literally been awful <laughs> thus far. That's, that's, that's fiction what you just said. What I'm saying is nonfiction. Dewey Decimal, 100 and 900. <laughs> Sean, who you got, Crow or uh, or Thompson? Crow. Again, uh, we're I'll talking about a fourth oh, wow, round versus an 11th rounder. Well, no. yeah, fourth round versus 11th rounder, but we're looking at current value and what they're going to do this week and what they've done for the past two weeks. I mean, think about it. Chris Thompson's produced more in one game than Isaiah Crowell did in, in two games. So who you got, I think then? that's a very fair comparison. I'm going. Oh, I'm going Crowell at Indy. At Indy too. I'm mean, just shots fired that, by Sean about the context. Luke, Luke Gurley or Tarek Cohen. We could say for next week. Like you could oh, do Luke one Gurley that for under. sure. I, oh, I have the best hands in the Northeast. Absolutely. Have you seen me? Have you seen me run the 121 waggle on the wing T offense? It's damn good at tight end. Okay. Oh my okay. god. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll end it with the uh, the rapid fire because these are apparently are not up to snuff for Sean. Um, Pittsburgh D at Chicago or Ramsey on Thursday night at San Francisco. Who do you got, Sean, Mr. Elite? Mr. Owen, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Owen, too. I like that one. Uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Jerry? Pittsburgh D. And Mark? The shithole known as Pittsburgh. Good city. Give me the Rams. I'm, I'm going to go against against all you guys here. Give me the Rams at San Francisco. It's a Thursday night game. We've seen offenses play terrible. Aaron Donald's going to be back to his usual self and, and absolutely dominate the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night. Sticking up for Sean Glennon because you guys got the same hairline. <laughs> you mean Sean McVay? Sean Glennon, dude. The quarterback for the Bears. Like Mike, Mike, Glennon. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Oh, oh Mike Glennon. man, kick him off. <laughs> good one. Good oh one. Sean God, Glennon. Glennon. Wait, who the hell is Sean Glennon? Are you thinking of Sean Mannion? Steve no, Gleason? I'm thinking of Sean Glennon. I, Steve Gleason? Yeah, you're thinking of Steve Gleason. It's okay. No, I'm not thinking of Steve Gleason. <laughs> Sean Glennon is a former American football quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. John yeah. Lennon? There you go. It's his brother. That's right. It's his brother. John Lennon? John Glennon. God. Went to, went to uh, Virginia Tech. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Yep, you're right. I'll give you that. You're right. Uh, but he, yes. Uh, and I'm also, I'm also, I'm also sticking up for Sean. A nine-year-old HP. You think I'm Googling at the same time I'm running a Skype app? <laughs> Google's a hell of a drug. All right. Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up because uh, I think ever since Mark joined, it kind of went off the rails, but I know, hey, Sean, Luke, you could get ready. What's up? Can I do a rapid fire really quick? From uh, from the outside here, you guys ready? We're ready. Who wins the Browns or the Colts? Luke, who you got? Oh, I uh, just wait for the pick'em pod. Just wait for the pick'em pod. I'm, I can't. That that's episode sixty nine, and we'll let the people know about that one then. So that's a that's a big market tease right there, Mark. What do you feel about that's, that? I like I like that sixty episode sixty nine, and it's a tease. I like <laughs> it. Take it home. Dedicated to Gronk. <laughs> All right, so be sure to listen to us on SoundCloud. We'll be releasing this episode on Wednesday morning. Get you guys ready for the week three of the NFL and fantasy football season. Follow us on Twitter, at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, the Apple Podcast app, the never-ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe. Tell all your friends. Send us your starting sick questions. Send us your point pounders. Send us your this guy sucks. Give us all that. We love nothing more than talking fantasy football with you guys and helping you make sure that you go to 3-0 and not 0-3 like Sean will be after this week. Um, So, gentlemen, good luck to everybody except for Sean, and uh, we'll talk to you next week as we recap week three and get ready for week four of the fantasy football season.